Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome to the Yards After College podcast powered by kslsports.com. It's week two in the NFL season, and we have a whole week of football that we get to talk about this week, Sam. I'm joined by Sam Farnsworth of KSL Sports Live and the fame of at Samsworth underscore KSL on Twitter. <laughs> Sam, what did you think of week one? Let's go general real quick. What, what did you think? Oh my gosh. We got football underway. We have it. Like, it seemed like it wasn't that long ago since February when we had the Super Bowl, but at the same time, it was like, it's been so long. Uh, it felt really good to have the NFL back on our on our TV screens and devices for sure. I mean, you know, it's it's been nice out here having high school football start as early as it has and then kind of transitioning the, the first two weeks of college football and then bam, NFL, here we go full swing. So it's almost like we've been preparing for the big uh, start to the NFL season. And now that it's here, it's kind of hard to think that there's still 16 more games. It kind of feels like, forever because even after one game you kind of want to crown certain teams and say that certain players are the best in the league and all that and then you look at the schedule and you're like oh yeah week one in the long run it'll mean something but right now it doesn't mean a whole lot other than the fact that we've got the NFL back and uh, couldn't be more thrilled to have it back no it was awesome and you know just as I was writing up the recap for kslsports.com on Sunday evening I'm going through and looking at, you know, how all the local guys did. Obviously, I have my eye on, you know, a number of them, like the, the the usual playmakers, right? The guys that are scoring touchdowns, getting interceptions, those types of things, but not really paying attention to the offensive linemen too much, you know, during the afternoon games or morning games, just because, you know, they're, they're not making the highlight plays. They're just having good games, you know. Uh, I, I looked at, you know, that morning started off really fast for me because I'm writing up these different moment stories and all of a sudden like you know 10 minutes after kickoff I'm writing up a Jamal Williams you know touchdown run that he had for Detroit and then right. you know all of a sudden Taysom Hill right after that Marcus Williams gets an interception for the Saints or sorry not the Saints he was with the Saints now with the Ravens um, and then you know Jamal gets another touchdown later in the game there so it was really like a really productive day for the local local guys in the NFL. Who really stood out to you the most out of the, you know, 50 or so guys that we have here in the market that, that, that played on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, there were a handful of guys. But as I was kind of looking back at the, at the week one that was, I'm stealing something from hockey here, right? I've 
got my three stars, stars, right? At the end of every hockey game, NHL game, you name your third star, your second star, and your first star. Uh, I was like, you know, what? I'm going to, I'm going to pick three stars of, of week one. Um, and it, it, it actually, like, I had three great defensive performances and I'm like, but there's one other guy I want to give some love to. So I got to figure out which one of those three I'm going to push off because I'm going to give some love to Mitch Wisnowski, the punter of the San Francisco 49ers. He had four punts for over 160 yards, but what an averaged uh, 40 plus yards per punt. I mean, that's what you expect from an NFL punter, but he was solid. Three of his four inside the 20 yard line. That's exactly what you expect. Every time you're punting the ball is putting that other team uh, you know, at the other end of the field to come back. So I know it's, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's punting, right? It's hey, field position game. It was, it was in a swimming pool that he was punting out of too, right? No I mean, like kidding, right? It was field conditions were terrible, awful. Yeah. And so the fact that he did what he did in those conditions, but not only that, like that's a critical part of, of every team's game you know and you have to have a reliable punter someone that you're not even going to think twice about you're just going to go out there, all right it's time to punt you're not even worried about about him shanking it or missing the snap or just whatever mitch wishnowski is mr reliable in the punt game i've already spent way more time on punting than this podcast probably deserves but mitch wishnowski deserves some love the former ute was uh doing his thing for the 49ers uh, do you want me to keep going with my other yeah, two? Yeah, let's go. Know? Let's go. Okay. No, I love it. All right. This is let's this, this, this might be a new thing. Let's make it let's make this a segment for all I care, right? Like there let's have go. it be my, Sam's my, like my three, three MVPs. Yeah, it's three stars. Still <laughs> three from stars the week. Oh man. So the, the, the defensive guys, it it's tough. Um I am gonna give okay, I know who I'm gonna keep off and it's gonna be tough, but I will give um see I'm I'm just uh you got me. Okay. Yes. I'm going to go Marcus Williams as my second star. Nice. Marcus Williams is my second star of the week for locals uh, for out of Utah. Uh, 12 tackles in the game. You mentioned the pick that he had a 33 yard return all in his debut with, with the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, that's the guy they were hoping to get. They got him, you know, they got a guy who's uh, you know, when they are passing to his direction or when there's a ball carrier in the direction, he's not shying away. He's going to go in there and, and bring the guy down and, He's a ball hawk, right? Got that uh, pick. So I love Marcus Williams' addition to the Ravens. I think it was a, a loss for, for the Saints, of course. I think Marcus Williams still has a lot of great football for, for him in Baltimore. And, and uh, week one, shoot, not a bad way to get started. So that's my second star. My top star of the week is none other than the rookie himself, Devin Lloyd. I thought he was outstanding in his NFL debut. Um, absolutely again he did exactly what what he was drafted to do to kind of be that that patrolman in the middle of the defense that leader on defense as as that middle linebacker and um and he got into it you know he he got his head on the ball 11 tackles he led his team in tackles in his nfl debut i mean this is a guy who barely played in the preseason they were being cautious with him they wanted to prevent him from furthering any minor injuries that he had and so they're being very cautious with him they played him a little bit at the end of the preseason you know great but it kind of left you wondering okay you know do they like the uh the uh the other guy they drafted i can't think of his name Muma, is that his name whatever yeah anyway, do they like him over over 
uh, right. Devin Lloyd. I know they loaded up on defense in this draft, but no, he comes out week one, 11 tackles, eight of them solo, led his team in tackles. And then not only that, this this is the unfortunate thing is this doesn't count in the stats, but on that two-point conversion, he just Stopped burst it. through yep. the line, gets the sack of the quarterback to, to stuff that two-point try. Um, Devin Lloyd, my goodness, I can't wait to see what he does in his NFL career after week one. So he's my top star of the week. Cody Barton's my honorable mention. He had a solid game. Had a that sack. sack that and, he had was me. Yeah, it yeah. was. So he's the one I left yep. off so I could give Mitch Wisnowski a little bit of love. But uh, Devin Lloyd's my top star this week in his first week in the NFL. I like it. I thought Devin Lloyd was phenomenal as well. Uh, I think the guy I'm going to go with top star is actually going to be Jamal Williams. The fact that he's not their starting running back, DeAndre Swift, you know, he had like a 50-yard run at the beginning of that game. I think it was on their first drive, actually. And then Jamal, just that that guy that's just been, you know, he doesn't fumble the football. So you put him in on a goal line situation and you're not worried about him losing the ball there. I feel like we saw a ton of turnovers this week near the goal line. And, you know, I mean, we saw one last night in week two's opener for Thursday Night Football of, you know, Justin Herbert throwing a pick there, but like, you know, when you're in the red zone, you've got to protect the football and Jamal Williams, the fact that he's just so reliable, he's not one of those guys that I think's, you know, ever going to be a true number one back. Mm -hmm. He's not going to be the guy that's going to get you 150 yards a game kind of thing, but he's a very situational player. And those goal line situations where you just need him to fight a yard or two to get into the end zone. He's really good at that. And he did it twice on Sunday. And so uh, I'm going to give him my MVP of the week. And then just a quick shout out. I, I got to give Taysom Hill some love because I thought yeah. he was going to be in the doghouse. Like when they made the coaching change, I was like, John <laughs> Payton's not there anymore. Dennis Allen's a defensive guy. I didn't think Taysom Hill was going to see the field on Sunday. And then he was like all over the place. He was their offense on that, that drive that they scored where he ran it in, you know, he had a, you know, 50 yard run there. And then he, you know, had another 20 yard run to, to score there. I just, mm-hmm. I was shocked that he was somebody that I was writing a story about on Sunday because of all the changes that New Orleans had undergone, you know, throughout the off season. So uh, tip of my cat, tip of my hat to him. Uh, I just, I thought that that was amazing just to show that he's still a threat, even though he's not a quarterback anymore, they're still using him, you know, as a tight end and they are using him more than I thought they were going to. Um, honorable mention for me is Britton yeah. Covey. The fact that he was moved up from the practice squad to the active roster and was ready to go, he only had a couple of punt returns in that game, but it just shows that like a guy like Britton Covey, just a savvy veteran football player who's played a lot of games, and he's just another guy who's one of those guys of the locals, super reliable. You put him in, you know, he, he wasn't expected to go out there and return a, a punt for a touchdown or anything, but, you know, he got a total of 13 yards gained. I just I thought that was really cool for him to be able to play in his first game as well as a rookie. Like he didn't have to wait for week five or whatever to get called up. It was cool to see him make that move on Sunday. Uh, you you mentioned Cody Barton there earlier. I, I wanted to get your take because the NFL world was talking about that game, uh, Seattle and uh, the Denver Broncos. You obviously had Russell Wilson making his return to Seattle that that game. What did you think of the end of that game, Sam? Where they had Russell Wilson, as we got who in the background there, what's up? <laughs> Making his uh, Yards After College podcast debut as well. Um, you, you obviously had Denver there going to to drive at the end of the game. 
they decide to go for a 64 yard field goal attempt, if I'm not mistaken, um, on the yardage there. And after the game, everybody was talking about whether or not they should have let Russell Wilson go forward on fourth down. Are you on team should have gone forward on fourth down, try and move the ball up further downfield before you tried to, to do a field goal attempt or, you know, keep marching down the field. Um, they obviously had three timeouts and they didn't use them. Like that was right. crazy. They just let the clock keep ticking down. I was, I'll just go my opinion real quick and then I'll hear from you. I was team. They should have let Russell Wilson go for it on fourth down until I heard McManus and I saw his tweet um, that I believe you retweeted after the game there, Sam, where he was like, Hey, they made it to the mark on the field that I needed to, to be able to make a kick. So they did they did their job on offense. I just need to do my job. I need to make that kick because I have the leg to do it. Yeah. So I have a, I have a few comments on that. They were playing the, – the NFL is a league now of percentages, right? We're, we're, it, pro sports has become very analytical, right, where you look at every little – okay, what are our odds in certain situations? Let's play the odds games, right? And now in the NFL and in college football especially – all the time, fourth and two, the odds are in your favor to convert the first down. Fourth and one, right? Now, I know they were fourth and five, but you're playing, when you're playing an odds game, if that's the way you're, you're kind of strategizing uh, every series, every down, then the odds are slightly better on fourth and five than they are on a 64-yard field goal, right? And in fact, probably a lot better. But um, either way, uh, it you know, you're taking some sort of a risk, some sort of a gamble. Uh, should they have gone for it on fourth and five? I mean, hindsight's 20 and 20. I think, I think with Russell Wilson being the new quarterback of this team, the way he was moving the offense and the ball, that's probably the option they should have done. In fact, Coach Hackett said they should have done it. However, I'll say this. And, and so I'm kind of split on this. I was telling you before we started, I'm, I'm a little 50-50 on this because covering the Broncos for as long as I did, I know Brandon McManus has a bomb of a leg, just an absolute monster leg. <clears throat> if that game is at Mile High Stadium, yep. no one is questioning him from 64 yards, even that far. Totally. I think, you know, and he he had he had the distance in in Seattle, if I'm not mistaken, he was just off of it, right? Yeah. And, I, I mean, so. he had two he had two tries at it too, because he got the one on the timeout right. to kind of gauge where he was. And you kind of saw him correct that a little bit more. And I mean, he wasn't off by much. I mean, it was, right. it was a few yards away from, but he had the leg. There, there are a lot of kickers in the NFL that I wouldn't even think about putting out there from 60 plus, let alone 55 plus. And right. there he is at 64. And when it's happening, I'm excited. I'm like, here we go. I know he can do this. <laughs> pre-game warmups, week after week after week at mile high and pre-game warmups. And granted, there's no rush or anything, but it's still the same drop same step same kick and same swing and everything i saw him drilling it from 70 yards before at mile high you know the guy has a bomb right he can connect from that distance the percentages just aren't there right so you know you're still risking something was that the right choice in retrospect of course not at the time i felt okay with it is when it comes down to the clock management i know i saw a lot of people reacting to the way coach hack you know rookie coach clock management i'm like in my mind, at the moment, even before they, you know, trotted the kicker out there to attempt, I'm thinking, and I was telling my eight-year-old son, who's watching the game with me, he's starting to really start to get into football and love it. Yeah. So I'm explaining to him strategies and what they're doing. And when the Broncos got the ball, I told him, like, all right, 
this is plenty of time. It was like a minute and something when they, by the time they got like, this is plenty of time. They're going to keep moving the ball. They don't care if the clock keeps ticking because what they want down one or two, whatever it was, they just need a field goal. So they want to get into a situation where they can kick a field goal where there's no time left exactly. for Seattle to get the ball back. So the fact that they had three timeouts, I was okay with. The fact that they were 64 yards out from a field goal, I was like, uh, maybe you could have strategized a little bit more. But ultimately, I, the clock management issue was not a problem for me because whether it was 60 or 30 yards, they wanted to get as much time off that clock as possible because right. their strategy wasn't to go down and score a touchdown. Sure. Their strategy was to go down kick a field goal with no time left and win the game. So that's sure. my whole take on it. I'm okay with the kick. Uh, they're going to learn from it and become a better team from it in the future. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if that adjusts, you know, their strategy as well. Hackett, obviously first time head coach, but like playing at home, you're at mile high, you feel more confident with that kick as opposed to, you know, in a really loud, you know, environment there at Lumen Field in Seattle. So it is interesting. Um, Let's uh let's move on to week two, Sam. I uh let's I want to get a, I want to get a, an opinion from you, a guy to watch this week as far as the locals are concerned, and then what's your game of the week that you're just gonna keep an eye on? That's the if you had one game to watch this week, which one are you gonna do? I mean, we missed Thursday night football that happened last night. We're we're recording on Friday, yeah. and so you know Chargers Chiefs might have been your pick there um because that was a pretty fun matchup i i don't know if it was the best football that we saw throughout that whole game um but i I thought it was an intriguing matchup you know you always look at the schedule you see divisional games and you're like okay like that's got something to it and i think that that was a little bit of what we saw last night and you know patrick mahomes after the game even said you know that might not have been like the best win but when you look back at it at the end of the season you're going to see how important it was to beat the chargers there especially at home the chiefs you know that's a, a big win for them. two years ago americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport there's desperation and anguish more than eighty thousand afghans have since arrived in america but this story is still unfolding I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Um, um, so who, who are you going with as far as uh, your your player to watch this week, as, the, as far as the local guys are concerned? Uh, we'll take turns here, and then let's go to the games after that. Okay, so my shout-out to if you're watching this game keep an eye out for this player not my player to watch of the week so this is how i sneak in too really so (laughs) if you're if you're watching the morning game on cbs between the patriots and steelers watch steelers backup running back jalen warren the kid went to east high school he was a beast in college just watch what he does even when he's not running the football i saw someone highlight one of the pittsburgh reporters highlight his snaps without the ball his blocking and oh my goodness, Jalen Warren is much more of a beast than I ever thought, uh, than I ever, it just didn't cross my mind that he was that much of a beast in, in the blocking game. He was mowing over defenders. It was incredible. So Jalen Warren, if you watch the Steelers game, keep an eye out for Jalen Warren. But the player I'm interested in watching this week to see how he does in week two, and you already mentioned him in this podcast, is Taysom Hill. It's that Bucks and Saints game, uh, you know, in this new role where he's not a quarterback anymore. Forget the quarterback thing. I know he's taking snaps, right? but it, he, he is not a quarterback anymore, right? Uh, so so fans that are still holding out hope that Taysom can be a starting quarterback, no, forget it. We're moving on. We're, we're embracing 
this role that he's done in the past already. Did you see how? Did you see how much bigger he looked? Oh, he's one? huge. I mean, he's right. He's put on the weight. I mean, muscle. He already looked like he was a linebacker, but it's like now he's like a middle linebacker. <laughs> he's putting on weight to hold up, right? Right. To prevent the injuries, to to hold up yep. against the week after week, because now he knows that's his role. He doesn't need to yep. get back there and sling that arm. He needs to be tough. He needs to block. He needs to be able to to take on defenders in the run game, in the pass game. I want to see if they use him because he's listed as a tight end. I want to yep. see if they use him in the pass game in traditional kind of tight end type roles. Maybe not lined up on the line with his hand in the dirt, but yeah. in the slot running some post patterns or or a quick out or something and sure. see see if they dump that. So that's the local player I'm really excited to watch this week. I feel like that's what they did with him more so like two years ago when Breeze was still there because Taysom had, you know, a real drop off last year as far as like his receiving yards and touches and stuff. Yeah. I mean, they, they ran him a little bit last year, but he was definitely more quarterback focused as they, yes. you know, needed him, you know, as they had injuries at the position last year. But I just, I think that he's such a versatile, fun player, like where it's like, yeah. he's not even like a tight end or a running back. He's just like a, he's a football player. You know, he's an athlete. Right. He's that guy that you, you see on a recruiting profile that played quarterback <laughs> in high school, but they mark him as ATH because that's You're really right. what he is. <laughs> so, yeah, no, yeah, I, I mean, think. Seeing him last week taking snaps, direct snaps, and that's where he made a lot of his big yards and stuff. Yep. That's what we, that's what we're used to seeing. And I, I they're not going to go away from that because it works. Right. But they know they've got a guy that they don't have to protect as much as a quarterback asset. They can use him as a weapon in the offense. And I, you got to feel like with 16 games to go, that just like every head coach, every offense in college, pro, whatever, they peel back layers to the onion. They don't reveal all. Yeah. So we know there's going to be more to Taysom. And so I'm excited to see if this is where he kind of blossoms into a different offensive role. One of the things that I think that they should utilize more with him is like that Tebow jump pass on the goal line. They don't yeah. run that hardly ever with him. And I think that he's such a threat to run the ball like Tebow was where he's just, I mean, Tebow didn't throw a great ball. You know that very well. Right. I mean, you covered him for years. So like he doesn't throw a deep ball and you're not expecting that in that situation anyway, but like just the threat that you're like, okay, if Taysom is in the wildcat, like they could run, you know, some sort of option with him. He could just take it himself up the middle or they could do, you know, a jump pass to a tight end or, you know, have some, you know, in route from one of those slot receivers. I just, I think that there's a lot of versatility that they could use with him. And to be honest with you, like I'm not on team Jameis and I didn't think he looked great last week either. Like Michael Thomas looks good because he's Michael Thomas, but I still think that that quarterback position is, you know, up in the air and, I don't know. Jameis is also coming off of an injury, well, so maybe let's give him some time. But Andy Dalton, I'm he's on the roster, right? He's not a good I'm quarterback just, either. <laughs> I know, but but as a backup, I feel like he's a solid backup. Where yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So so if, if they turn to him later in the year, I you know who knows. I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, I'm just saying as far as utilizing Taysom, like by yeah. taking him where you're splitting Jameis out wide on those kind of plays. There's just yeah, a lot yeah. of versatility that you can do with the offense there that tricks a defense. And I'm just interested to see if like they'll do more with him than just having him take direct direct snaps and running the wildcat and running the ball, you know, I'd like to see him throw the ball here and there as well. Yeah. Um, let's go with your game of the week, Sam. Who do you like on either Sunday or Monday? 
So my game this week, I'm going to go Monday night football. I'm going to go at least, I think it's Monday night, right? Titans and Bills. It is Monday night, part of their doubleheader. Week two doubleheader, kind of strange, but uh, the Titans and Bills game. I like that game because, it, um, you know, the Bills were great in week one. There are yep. a lot of people love them as a contender in the AFC. I still feel like the Titans are, are a contender too. You know, they still have a lot of great talent. I'm not saying they're going to, but they're, they're a playoff contending team. They you know who their quarterback is, right? I know, but he's had, he's <laughs> had, let's see what he can do still, right? That's why I want to see that game this week. I want to see if Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry, a healthy Derrick Henry, you know, uh, what this offense can do. Can they be like what they were, was it two years ago? Um, yeah. Three years ago, you know, they, they've, they've had some great moments. I want to see if they're, they're able to do it again. Plus the Bills, they've been fun to watch. So um, I think that I think that'll be a good matchup of potential. Maybe those two teams meet again in, in the playoffs down the road. Who knows? Yeah, I mean they were the number one seed in the AFC last year and just didn't do anything in the postseason. And obviously they had Derrick Henry out for a lot of the back right. half of that regular season as well. So there's talent there. They did lose AJ Brown though, and so Ryan yeah. Han- Ryan Tannehill. I will say Taron Johnson. He's a local guy to watch out for yes. in that in that matchup. He had an awesome game one against the Rams. Yeah. He was all over the field. He was making plays like a linebacker was, but he was also, you know, breaking up passes on the outside. So he's somebody to watch. I will say my game of the week, and I'm not trying to be a homer. I mentioned that I was a Colts fan last week, but I think the Colts-Jaguars game is interesting because it's a divisional game. You've got the Colts who didn't have a win last week. They tied the, the Texans, another divisional opponent. But then you had Jacksonville who nearly picked up a win last week, and it's in Jacksonville. The Colts haven't won in Jacksonville since, I think, 2014. So it's been forever. And you've got Julian Blackman, who's, I thought, you know, had a decent performance in week one. He's They're still working him back from that injury that he suffered early in the year last year. And then you got Devin Lloyd on the other side, another former U, like you mentioned earlier, who was just flying around the field last week. I just I think as far as local guys and defensive matchups, I think it could be a fun game, but there's a lot riding on that game as far as you know the outlook for both of those teams. Um, what is it? If you are 0 and two to start the year, you like have like hardly any chance of making the playoffs historically in the NFL. So Jacksonville, what is it if you if if I think it's if you if you tie to start the season, you have zero chance of uh being relevant for hey, the I've, honestly it felt like it last week sam i was watching that game and my heart was just broken after that i mean you saw what happened the colts you know waved their kicker after uh the, oh, the weekend That's tough. That's just because tough. i mean hey it was a brutal weekend for kickers and not only the nfl but also in college so you know yeah. give give hugs to all the kickers out there because my goodness it was it was a rough weekend but yeah, I, I do like that game. And then we uh, we would be remiss if we didn't mention the uh, game Sunday night on KSL TV. Uh, Sunday night football is the, the Bears who came with a surprising victory uh, at home against the 49ers last week. Didn't see that one coming. And then the Green Bay Packers who lost on the road in a miserable offensive performance at the Vikings. But it's at Lambeau Field this week. Do you like the Bears or do you like the Packers picking up their first win, Sam? Bears going to go two and zero. They might, they might, which is funny. I, I like the Packers in this game on their home field. Um, they, they're just too talented to not win. But man, the way they started last week, 
And yeah. sometimes I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers doesn't care because he does, but sometimes he just comes across as like, we'll be fine. Whatever. I'm yeah. just, I'm just collecting my check. I'm just going to do it. They did it week one against the saints last year. They got blown out week one last year too. So it's like, maybe we'll They're be okay. Still, the Packers are still going to be really good. So uh, in that game, I think the Packers will win. Yeah, I'm with you as well. I think just because it's at Lambeau, I think it'd be tougher if it was at Soldier Field. I just, the conditions were fluky there week one for the Bears to pick yeah. up that victory at home. I think that played a lot into it. You also had Trey Definitely. Lance, who was first-time starter, so 49ers are still figuring out some stuff. I just, that offense with Chicago is not selling me at all yet. I just, Justin Fields, I think, is really talented, but he has nothing around him at all. So yeah. I think that the Packers defense, I, I don't know. They they have some injuries there on their whole roster right now that I think they're going to be working through. But you've got a few guys. you got Jalen Johnson in that game locally. Uh, Patrick Scales, uh, long snapper. I know people aren't looking for long snapper uh, takes on this podcast, but, you know, <laughs> there it is. And then uh, on Green Bay, you've got Tipinaliai. And then you've got uh, Dallin Levitt, both the Utah State guys. And then third, third Utah State guy was uh, Jordan Love, who got some playing time last week. So maybe uh, maybe if the Bears are getting blown out, we'll get to see Jordan Love in the fourth quarter. Or if uh, Aaron Rodgers starts to stink, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's not going to happen. I'm just kidding. I'm trying to stir the pot. All right. Well, we got that game, uh, 620 on Sunday night. Tune in on KSL TV. Uh, before we go, Sam, you get you have anything that you want to tease ahead of the weekend that we have here in the uh, – we got some big college football stuff going on as well this weekend, right? Always, always big college football these days. Um, BYU and Oregon, uh, we're going to have a, a, a good uh, representation for KSL Sports at Eugene at Autzen Stadium. So uh, definitely stick with uh, kslsports.com and KSL Channel 5 for all of that coverage because we'll have it nailed down awesome yeah and then on sundays make sure that you're uh you're checking out the ksl sports app kslsports.com because any of these local guys whenever they do something on sundays or uh, you know thursday night even or monday night football uh i'll have a story up on kslsports.com or the app for that um that Taysom Hill one, I'll just say that one did pretty well. People love their Taysom touchdowns. <laughs> so uh, Taysom yeah, scores again. We'll have another story up on that as well. You can follow Sam on Twitter at Samsworth underscore KSL. You can follow me, Kyle Ireland, at Kyle Ireland. And then make sure that you uh, you follow KSL Sports on all the socials. We've got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you name it. Uh, we're going to have some fun stuff coming out this, uh, this football season. But uh, until next week, make sure that you're tuning in on all the things KSLSports.com.